welcome back to another episode of Cosmic Color Justice. Hello. I'm Genevieve. I'm Timbo. And we're back with a real wild card of an episode. Not as wild as our uh, hot tub episode, but <laughs> today we're going to play Topic Roulette. Is it roulette yeah. or roulette? Ru- <sighs> I say roulette. Like Russian roulette. I feel like roulette. probably roulette is the right way of saying it, but you know, Americans probably just say roulette. Really? <laughs> Is it, is it a French word? I don't know. Huh. I don't know. Um, so we've come up with a list of topics that we want to talk about. We're going to put them in a random generator. Um, neither of us know each other's topics, so no. we could get totally blindsided. Yeah. Oh my god. I, I forgot one of my topics, and I, I can't remember <laughs> it. We were doing laundry earlier, and I was like thinking of... I ended up with three, but now I can't fucking remember what the second one well, was. Well, I have seven, so if we run out, Damn. we can use more of mine. Okay. I got lots to Do talk Do you want to go first since you have yeah. <clears throat> more? Okay, so I'm putting it through the randomizer. Uh, randomize. And our first... Wait, there are thirteen. There were thirteen items on your list. No, there weren't. Here they are in random order. All right. <laughs> well, the, this came up as number two. I don't know why it didn't give me a number one. The topic is animal and dogs everywhere needs to end. Oh yeah. <laughs> Great. I'm excited about this topic. So Yeah, we've both been I mean, I think yeah. in LA it might it might be just an LA thing. I don't know. But people bring their fucking dogs everywhere. Everywhere into food establishments everywhere. Like inside. I feel like, like this is a very curmudgeonly topic too and I just no, want to pre- preface that shit. <laughs> I want to preface it by saying like I feel like a total grump when I talk about this. <laughs> like I feel like I'm a crusty old neighbor like throwing things at, you know, cars or something, but it it it's gotten really out of hand in LA. Yeah, your dog is not a child. It is right. a being, right. but uh, yeah, you don't get to bring it into a restaurant. I'm sorry. So, so I think there's like a little something there too, where like we recognize that there are people who have legitimate needs for service yeah. animals. But there's, there's also a-, a lot of people that are abusing serv- the service animal um, thing. Which I would think in terms of like disability is a, a net bad when people are claiming disability for any reason when they don't actually legitimately need the services yeah. that a disabled person needs, right? So you, it's not a, the emotional support peacock. Sorry. Which exists, and I know the person who there. This was a little like news headline a while back, but I actually know the person who brought an emotional, legit, or brought a managed to bring an emotional support peacock on a plane. Didn't they? I thought they didn't let her on. Maybe they didn't. I think she attempted to get it on. She attempted to get on it, and the person is uh, their name is Ventico. I know them from <laughs> they curated some show I was in in New York back in the day. But yeah, that's like the start of it, I think. And I and she's a performance artist, so she might have been doing that as a, you know, kind of life as art performance thing. She was a very strange person when <laughs> I knew her. One of the stranger people I've known. Um, but yeah, it is, I think, reaching a bit of a fever pitch here in LA. Maybe it has something to do with like pandemic pets. Like tons of people got animals in the pandemic. Maybe they weren't aware that like, when you do that, that's a really big commitment. That means you need to walk the animal. That means you need to train it so it can be left at home without major anxiety mm-hmm. or whatever. And I feel like uh, I, whether that's the cause and the effect or, or not, it does seem like it's gotten a lot worse recently. I mean, I feel like it was pretty bad even before pandemic. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think in general a lot of people don't really think about or internalize what the responsibility of having a pet is especially when they have like a small dog or a cat or something like that where it's like cute little lap thing and they're like oh it's my baby yeah no you have to train that animal and you have to socialize that animal like people have like these little monster lap dogs that are like biting at people and just yipping all day long just like yeah you you gotta socialize. I find that it creature. To be, I find it to be really odd. And then there's yeah. I think I've just recently encountered some people who genuinely are treating their dog as like as if it's a child or something. I think we both discovered that we saw the same really weird dog person in two different locations. The one who's like, oh yes, you want to talk to people? Oh, you say hi to everybody and 
trying to like engage the people around them. Yeah, nobody's talking to you or no your fucking dog. They're using like. their dog, and I, 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 I have to assume this is really common. And like disclaimer, I have never owned my own dog. I had dogs growing up who were outdoor dogs. I, as an adult, have never had the experience of caring for or owning a dog, so I'm pretty in the dark about what that entails, but that's for a reason. I know that I, in this stage of my life, with the space that we have, with where we live, I'm not equipped to have a dog. Um, so yeah, this person, it seems like a lot of people project and enact various psychological fantasies through their dogs. That's another uh. thing that I was noticing with this person. It's like they, they had a need to connect to other people. And the dog was the tool with like which. <laughs> is that? But that's normal, isn't it? That's why people go to dog parks and stuff like that. I feel like that's a normal part of dog ownership, specifically. Whereas cat ownership, you're not like going to like a cat meetup usually. Yeah, I feel like cat people like have a vicarious kind of. Oh, we social, have. Oh, us, us cat people have a whole other yeah. fucking thing. But I'm just saying, dog dog people do experience a social life with and because of their dogs and that's like the function of dog parks and like when you walk your dog you'll inevitably talk to someone who wants to pet your dog there's like a social component at play right yeah to some extent so you know that's like just something Mm. i mean for those of you who don't know i'm I'm a bartender and like (laughs) i can't remember if it was last month or month and a half ago but this um person came in and just fucking plops like these I think it was like three three or four like baby turtles. You said two. Mm, was you it two? two. I, I can't you told remember. me you it told was me like, two. Okay, maybe it was two. But they, a little they, plopped, they plopped like these fucking little turtles on the bar top and it's like the fuck are you doing? Well, like in a cage or like no, bare, bare like ass raw turtle ass raw turtle. On, the, <laughs> on the bar top and I was like you can't put those on there. I was like, that's a health code violation. Yeah. And this per I don't know, this person seemed like they had something going on. They were just like pouting the whole time. I was like, Well, didn't you like, say you saw them somewhere else with their little turtle this thing? This was later, yeah. yeah. Um, so she puts her turtles away. I was like, you can't have those on the bar top. That's a health code yeah. violation. Like, they're gonna shit on the fucking bar top. Just like, it's a health but, code violation. It's like, when, I don't know, when has that ever been, like, a thing people do? Like, I'm going to bring my reptile and plop it on a fucking food, a surface that people eat and drink off of. Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, uh, I think, like, a few days later, someone I follow on Instagram was storying the turtles on a di- in a different bar. On <laughs> so the it's bar top. It's, like, shtick. their thing is Whoa. they go to bars and fucking release their little turtle so i mean that's like well here we'll get when i'm thinking about like the social function of a dog they're like okay i know i can't afford to have a dog or can't don't want to have a dog or whatever it is but how do i get that social function i'm gonna bring my reptiles everywhere with me have a fucking personality doesn't that stress <laughs> the babies a- out like i feel like those small baby turtles that you can buy in like yeah these, town, are, like, those these are, are like puppy mill like yeah, reptile they're extremely turtles. fragile like, is my understanding they often don't make it out of that little carrying aquarium that they're sold in and they're dragging their salmonella all over the bar top. yeah so anyway that's our first i think that's a, that about <laughs> that about wraps up our first conversion link topic i am tired of it and i don't understand why it's becoming so hyper normalized for people to bring their pets everywhere and of course, I understand that you or other, you know, service workers, people in customer service in various establishments don't want to be the people enforcing that, uh, I guess it's a law. It's not about the law to me. It's about the like, socially, this is just like a little rude, I think, to be bringing your animals up in everyone's space. And it's, I'm trying to grocery shop. Your dog is sniffing my crotch. Go yeah. away. And it's, it's like... It's really easy to tell the people that are abusing the emotional support. Oh, oh, we should talk about the library. Because they, um, the law, the way the law is written is service animals have to have a service animal vest on them Mm -hmm. and you have to have the paperwork on you at At all all times. times. So, yeah, these people are bringing their dogs into restaurants and stuff like that. They don't have the paperwork on them. They don't have a service, service animal vest on them. Like, 
It's not, yeah, it's like... I mean, I'm not trying to be, like, a dog cop or whatever. I just wish people would be a little more, like, uh, you know, just be a little more... (laughs) What's the word? Uh, I can't think of the word. Consider it? Consider it, thank you. Um, Also, we did run into that one person getting scolded at the library, which I have to say, my schadenfreude was off the (laughs) charts that day. We were leaving the library. I was putting our parking validation into... I was trying to put it into the, the scanner. This person came out of nowhere with two dogs, was cut in front of me, put his thing in the scanner, and the librarian, the librarian, I didn't even notice. I didn't care. I was just trying to get out of there. I wasn't even really cognizant. And, but he did this, and the library was like, you know, she was in front of you. And he was like, oh, sorry. And then she was like, you know, or whoever was talking to him was like, you know you have to can only have one dog in. Is that what he said? Oh, they said uh, you can't have you can't have you can't have dogs in here that aren't service animals. He was like, "Oh, I got the paperwork." And he's like, "Well, you can only have one service animal at a time." Yeah, that, that's when he made a big deal. He was like, like, "Well, I have the paperwork. Are you serious?" And they were like, "Yeah, you, you're gonna have to choose which dog you want to bring in. You can only have one." And he was like, "Fine, I'll just go outside and tie them up," as if it was like <laughs> the most egregious thing a person could ask. Like, you brought the dogs out in public with you. You're either you... gonna tie them up or you're gonna leave them at home, sir. Like, don't bring your dogs to the library. It was it's so... a legit service animal. Yeah, it was just the entitlement. I was la- I was loving every second of it. The first entitlement of like cutting in front of me, which I was like, whatever. I'm kind of used to that kind of douchey. Where were we, West Hollywood? West Hollywood. It was a very like douchey vibe. I was like, whatever. But then the the outrageousness of the fine, I'll go tie him up. Like it was just terrible. Like the worst thing you could do. Yeah, I love that guy. He brought me. He sparked joy. He sparked joy. All right, it's your turn to roulette. Our next subject. Okay, let me open my little spinny spin thing here. It's rouletting. It's rouletting. It's a spin wheel. It's a spin wheel. Yeah. Did we say roulette or roulette? I don't think we decided. Okay. My my winner is psychoactive beer and wine. Okay, tell me more. <laughs> What's up with that? Um. So that's, I guess, the area of brewing that I'm super interested in is like older techniques and styles and many of those older as an ancient right no not necessarily um older as in like pre-bavarian purity act so when beer and wine wasn't or well specifically i guess Bavarian purity act deals with beer um but before uh the ingredients were limited to hops barley water Am I missing something? I think that I think that was it. Um, uh, at least in Europe, people were brewing with all kinds of herbs, uh, medicinal, psychoactive, all of the above, and people across the world, um, in almost every culture, had some sort of fermented beverage that um, incorporated plants and other things that were either medicine or psychoactive. And that's something that's super fascinating to me. And do you want to talk about what you're working on right now, or did you decide you don't want to? I mean, no. Uh, I definitely brewed some beers with, like, cannabis in it and wine in it. You've had some. Yeah. How did you find it was nice. It wasn't, uh, I'm not no longer a cannabis enjoyer, so I liked it. The THC content was like probably pretty negligible or low. I mean, like, you, so it was like I couldn't, I didn't feel high, but I didn't, it was like a little different than drinking beer. Yeah. I think when you ferment with, any kind of psychoactive substance. It's not going to be like doing the substance on its own. It right. kind of becomes its own thing. So, yeah, it's definitely not like an edible or smoking at all. But it's definitely not just like drinking a beer or just straight up alcohol. Yeah, there's a little tingle to it. A little something extra. A, a sparkle. Yes. So is that the extent of the subject? It could be. <laughs> it could keep going. I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, I just reread a book called, what was it? The Immortality Key, um, which kind of 
deals with um, psychoactive rituals starting like pre-Greek, like kind of the one we're probably most familiar with is like the Elysian mysteries and how that kind of transpired out through early Christianity into more modern Catholicism. Um, and it deals with, um, yeah, psychedelic sacrament, um, and how, I guess in ancient Greece, like, wine in general is not what we consider wine to be today. Like, all wine was spiked with psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, I don't know, kind of interesting if, if that kind of stuff is, um, I guess interesting to you. It, it's a good book. I enjoy it. What is it called again? The Immortality Key. Um, so you've been nerding out on psychoactive beverages and history lately. I'm always nerding out on that. <laughs> uh, I probably talk, I mean, we, yeah, we had the, the Jesus was a mushroom episode. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely something I talk about a lot. It'd be interesting to, yeah, I guess, if I ever meet that author to ask him like what he thought about the sacred cross and the mushroom. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. We can go to the next subject. Ta- he doesn't talk about that in the book. He does talk about Chalice mm-hmm. and the Blade, right? No, he doesn't talk about Chalice and the Blade. Oh, I thought you said he did. No. Just like kind of similar. I mean, it's parallel. Mm. Like Dominator model, like where, and like how. Mm, not specifically. I mean, he's talking about like the Catholic Church dominating, yeah. but not really. I, it's. It's not a direct link to Chalice and the Blade, I wouldn't say. I haven't read Chalice and the Blade, but he doesn't mention Ryan Ryan. Eisler at all, to the best of my knowledge. Well, I wish you could talk about the beverage you're brewing now, but I understand why you can't. Allegedly. (laughs) The alleged beverage. um, We'll just leave it at that, but it it should be pretty interesting. Uh Uh-huh. Are we going on to the next one? Why not? Okay, do I randomize it again? Yeah, I, I think know. I do. Oh, okay. Um, biscuit talk. <laughs> but not just biscuit talk. Biscuit talk and cults plus Nexium. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do you know about biscuit talk? Uh, I don't know. A biscuit talk is a very a cursory thing. It's some, for at least for me, my knowledge on it. Uh, some video that got dug back up on TikTok. An old, an old viral YouTube video. Of, uh, was it part of a movie or some, like, performance mm-hmm. thing? Someone got these two characters to do, like, a, they're portrayed as, like, a husband and wife duo. What, the guy's on the keyboard, the wife is singing, and they're singing this stupid song about about tasting the biscuits tasting biscuits and honey sauce and chicken wings but yeah some someone uploaded it onto tiktok and genevieve is at the forefront of the blowing up of this and was a pivotal member of uh the biscuit talk thread cult and community that's all i know that's about it that's it you don't know about all the like iterations the lore you just know the gist i mean i'm sure you've said something to me about it but it's it's uh... (laughs) but basically you've had to be inundated with different versions of it that i've been humming under my breath for a few years i'm pretty sure it's like done now yeah biscuit talk's over biscuit talk was a micro trend on tiktok the app that uh, lasted a lot longer than many microtrends. I will say that. <laughs> it had an interesting staying power. And the the basic like premise of why Biscuit Talk was so popular is people started to notice that they would be seeing a bunch of different Biscuit Talk videos. Also, it's the chrome lady walking on the beach. That's the mm. <clears throat> the visual element of it. It was it was this song that Tim was talking about that was taken from a viral 2011 YouTube video, um, with like a face filter of this chrome, like a like a her whole body was like silver, the little purple dress, and then it superimposes your face onto her face, and you're walking down a beautiful beach, lip syncing to this song. That's the like biscuit talk 101 video for those who aren't familiar which are most because um, <laughs> i don't think i ever even saw it really make its way to instagram which is unusual so if you were seeing this video a bunch on your for you page 
um, people kind of assumed that it was viral, but it was in fact just a very small, initially just a very small niche, couple thousand, couple 10,000 or so people who were getting this video. So people started commenting, who, why are we all here? Why is it only us? I talked to my other TikTok friends. They have no idea what this is. They've never heard of it. So it was like a select group. A select group. Yeah. And so people started like theorizing, like, why us? What do we all have in common? Why are we all in this like cult together? And then it became this kind of like joke about being in the biscuit top cult. Then it got quite a bit bigger over the subsequent two or three weeks that it was around, which is really long for a micro trend. Um, and yeah, once some of the bigger accounts started doing it, I think it fizzled out in a way. But mm. what's that have to do with Nexium? So I think it's because it was like a cult. There, there was like all these theories about it being a cult, and there was like people were trying to like mimic cult tropes in it. It doesn't have anything to do with Nexium. Oh. I actually just like rolled two topics into one because oh. <laughs> I also wanted to talk about cults and Nexium. Uh. <laughs> Sneakily. Wow. Um, but we did just finish watching a Nexium episode. We did. And I don't know if anyone else watches Nexium. It's about a cult that is embroiled in a legal battle about a sex cult with some branding like situation. I think it's an interesting topic for us because it's like deals with consent and informed consent and stuff that is very adjacent to consensual S&M master-slave dynamic stuff. Mm. Um, I've always thought it would be interesting for us to talk about it more. Yeah, I mean, some people are claiming that it's all consensual, but there was, are a bunch of people are saying it was, it mm-hmm. was uh, what's it called? That brainwashing coor- yeah. is coercion. You know, right. it's not actually consent. Well, and specifically in the case of the um, sorority, the people who took, quote, the vow... Um, they were told that to join this sorority, DOS it was called, they had to give up collateral, like something that would ruin their life if it was ever revealed to the world. And that's like the kind of the basis of coercion, right? You can't give informed consent if you're being coerced into something. But I mean, it goes deeper than that though, too, because maybe if someone has like a black male fantasy, um, then it can, it could be, it could be negotiated that like, Hey, I want to play with this. This is a thing that I want you to play at exposing for me. I mean, blackmail is an interesting fantasy. Uh, you know, I've gotten a number of those requests mm. uh, from a professional standpoint. I've tried to look into like, are there ethical ways that you could do this? And I haven't found a lot of good resources for it. Yeah. And I don't know if that's something that's better for non-professional uh, play, for relationships or whatever, yeah. but lifestyle play. But I haven't found a lot of... Uh, it, it's the kind of like edge... Like it's, to me, it's a kind of edge play saying I can ruin your life. Yeah. You know? I mean, it doesn't have to be, I don't think. Like... There's a difference between threatening to do something that someone has offered, like they're saying, I want you to do, here's here's a picture of me in a compromising Oh, position. like that kind of black yeah, yeah, like, I want you to pretend to, like, threaten that you're going to send this to my wife. Or yeah. whether that person's actually married or not is, you know. Um, I think there's a difference between, yeah, Playing, well, there's playing with it and then realizing th- the outcome of blackmail, mm-hmm. which might not always be what a person wants, but you are handing that power over to your top by engaging in that. Yeah. Um, anyway, going back to Nexium, <clears throat> so that's clear that, it's, that there's not informed consent in that group. Uh, and there was like a very clear like hierarchy at play. They literally called themselves masters and slaves of each other. But it wasn't people who were informed about even, like, yeah, regular BDSM protocol type stuff. It wasn't. Yeah. yeah. And then there was a sexual element where you had to, like, they had to, like, seduce the cult leader and sleep with him. And he basically created this, like, network of women who were, like, vying to have sex with him, begging to have sex with him in some cases. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting case. It's very, like, kind of creepy but fascinating. Um, 
the last episode we just finished watching was about um, some individuals with Tourette's who healed their Tourette's through the systems of this cult. And it is kind of interesting to think about the people who gain something from it. It yeah. doesn't seem like it was a mass of people. Yeah. <clears throat> it doesn't see and seems like people had very varying results too. Yeah. It seemed like the first person's at least I mean he, he clearly isn't being fully honest about what's going on cuz he's still kind of drinking the Kool-Aid, but it seems like it really helped him and he doesn't it isn't outwardly expressing any damage from it, but someone else that went through it Yes, she was able to manage her Tourette's, but clearly has some other, like, psychological wounds from what she experienced. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if, yeah. I don't, everyone's not into cult shit. I don't know if you and I have, like, a particular interest in cult-type uh, media or documentaries. I've always been really interested in cult documentaries. I think it has something to do with the church that I was raised in having very cult-like tendencies yeah. for a Christian church. I mean, I think it's interesting that I was born into a cult. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, understanding more about, like, what are those things? How What do people experience in them? How do they get into that? Yeah, why are is, some people more susceptible to Yeah, you? interesting to me. And also, like, what are our own susceptibilities? Because, like, as much as we can think we're not going to fall for you know, something as extreme as a cult, it's like our whole world is built on, you know, a, a house of cards, of lies, of various things that we, like, probably believe in that aren't true, but we don't know it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, just the cult of the American dream, for an example, or just, like, various things that we've been indoctrinated with for our whole lives do bear strong resemblances to cults when you break it down, you know? Yeah. So I think those kind of things are really fascinating and relevant. And it's always good to kind of understand why we as humans go to those places. Most of the time it's to, like, connect and try to be happy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which I get. Um, what's your next topic? Um, my next topic, I just want, I, I know what it is, but I want to spin the thing for fun. Don't spin <laughs> it if you know what it is. Hit. Remove. Oh, look, I hit it. Wow. Look, it's going again. Okay. <laughs> okay, uh, what's an unpopular opinion you have? Wow. Uh, Did you get this off the list of things to ask your girlfriend? No. Oh, you just want to? Okay. You want to go first? You want me? It's just me answering it? Oh, no, me. I'll answer it, too. I can't think of one off the top of my head. We might have to edit out. Like, uh, a, that's fine. Like a few uh, what is... Uh, I don't like old movies. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's like, that unpopular. A lot of people feel that way. I don't... I feel like any time I say that, people are like, what? It, yeah. Like, I mean, not necessarily... Uh, I mean, yeah, very rarely do I want to watch an old movie. Even, I think... I feel but, like and even, by old, you mean like... Whether it was from... Pre, like, even, 2000. Whether it was from 1950 or it was from, like, 2000 and... 11. 11. <laughs> if it's something I saw younger, or like, in the past, I want to remember it in that way. Because, yeah. like, every time I rewatch something, I'm like, this is bullshit. <laughs> you know, I actually came upon this... Sorry, go ahead. Because... I don't know, I think as people, like, we're in different places when we watch things, and, yeah. like, at least for me, it's been, like, pretty much every single time I watch something I had fond memories of, I don't yeah. relate to the material in that way anymore, and it just, it usually does nothing for me, so I'd rather just remember it as the person I was who watched it back then, and be like, yeah, that was great, i thought that was really funny then and but but you don't it's not even that though you don't even like watching movies you haven't seen that also movies, yeah I which mean, is a totally different thing i, I don't know uh and that's it's mostly because of a, cinematic it's a different stuff. reason but yeah mostly for yeah cinematic technique and the technology involved and yeah you like that new new 
I want the new new. Yeah, not too much any old bullshit. Yeah, I'm to the total opposite. I really appreciate old film. I appreciate old uh, styles of filmmaking. I appreciate rudimentary filmmaking, analog filmmaking, all that stuff. But I am an art snob, and we were indoctrinated to really love that <laughs> shit. So I mean guess that's the cult that i'm stuck in <laughs> i also like with watching old movies that i have seen and i like watching them over and over again it's a childhood thing we're like we didn't have tv but we did have my dad would uh, allegedly make copies of vhs <laughs> that we rented from the um blockbuster or whatever and so we'd have just like we have the kind of a big collection of movies but only so many of them mm-hmm. and so i'd watch them over and over and over again since we didn't have tv i did have like deeply imprinted memories of these movies that's like associated with just really nostalgia and i'm a very nostalgic person yeah i mean that's not to say like there was definitely movies i watched multiple times mm. but but you don't want to watch them i don't want to watch it now <laughs> i want to rewatch ally mcbeal really bad Ooh. i loved that show and I don't care if it doesn't hold up i'm just gonna <laughs> love every minute i just rewatched girls that was crazy to me that really fucked me up, actually. Girls, <laughs> the Lena Dunham show, Girls, I rewatched it, and it kind of, like, it, it actually brought me, maybe this is why I like watching old things, it brought me back to the headspace I was in when I watched it at that time. Yeah. So if it's, like, a childlike, childhood movie and I'm watching The Little Mermaid, I reconnect with that, like, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed innocence. Rewatching Girls was like, ooh, this is literally, like, so so cringe like literally what my life was in 2012 little mermaid was not innocent i saw that and i that that caused me to start drawing boobs as a child (laughs) ursula got me me. i was drawing boobs oh it wasn't innocent all over the place (laughs) it is not like i never saw it's like it's not like i never saw boobs before like i was breastfed no but there's that shot of her breast coming down from above yeah it was just i very much remember there was a lot of emphasis on ursula's tits they were bouncing god draw boobs god draw (laughs) boobs boobs and tentacles boobs and tentacles it is (laughs) And here we are today. You and you married a very booby tentacly lady. Wow. Thanks, Disney. Yeah. Okay, my unpopular opinion is uh we you know, this is probably gonna be a subject for a whole other podcast whenever I you know, we gather our materials, but um it's about veganism, which we talk about and we rail on a lot in this show, so maybe this isn't like a new thing, but I believe that compulsory veganism will happen in our lifetime. Meaning, uh, meaning that there will be, like, social ostracization of those who choose to continue to eat meat. Um, that meat will be, like, uh, the nutritional content of meat will be denied. In, in like this like like a like a 1984 way like I mean it already is yeah denied <laughs> by I believe vegan I believe that the vegan agenda <laughs> is like a true it's a it's a real thing not like it's like a group of elders sitting around a like purple bonfire figuring this out but that there already are a bunch of pieces in place all over the world to demonize meat eating and in doing so destroy the livelihoods of uh agrarian like uh livestock small livestock owners uh, people mostly in the global south and also rural i guess rural americans as well whose livelihood depends on livestock and it's going to be treated like uh if you if you eat meat, you are personally responsible for killing Mother Earth. The vegans are already saying that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but I think right now it hasn't reached like a, um, it hasn't reached a math, critical mass. Yeah. And I think it's not going to be critical mass. It's going to be some kind of like, I don't know what it's going to be, but something is going to conspire. Hold on. <laughs> Wait for this. Our fucking neighbor's loud ass car. Oh. oh. Yeah, he's gone. Um, something I don't know what 
is going to drive this topic to a fever pitch where it will be very common and very normal for the people in your immediate sphere to have very strong opinions about not eating meat. And if you choose to still eat meat, um, you're going to face some serious social consequences. Maybe even, and maybe even professional consequences. Meh. You don't think so? Um, I, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'm going to still be hunting. Yeah. Or eating whatever Meat my, is still my body feels is the best for it. Well, excuse me. Let's say that it does become like less uh uh commercially av- available i don't want to com- i would like to not be eating commercially available meat like that's why i know I'm teaching myself to hunt well right but we have to live somewhere where you could do that yeah and if we're not planning on living somewhere where you could do that then well we could are be, could we? be as well kind of but we don't know <laughs> yet where we're going definitely not it's yeah definitely but not, you're not hunting in berlin i don't think that's our forever place i think we're both going to be um more rural eventually yeah i just think i think it might be like right around the corner personally but that just might be a doom and gloom projection i don't think it's going to be a a very quick thing i don't know i could be wrong 10 20 years i i just mean it's not going to be like a flip of a switch it's going to be if like if it's if it's going down it's going to be a gradual thing i think i'm a little like traumatized by how quickly our lives changed due to covid yeah in the sense that like that was a flip of the switch and that was two years of things being like dramatically different and why couldn't it happen like that again because the the scale of the industry involved in that is, to make that adjustment yeah is yeah. like there's gonna be too oh many, there'd be massive riots there's, there's too many people that would be losing too many too much yeah, money because like the the industrial uh what's it a, a, not agrarian the industrial agriculture system that's true is a big money lot lobbying you remember Faction. I, do you remember I found out that um so like v- uh vegetable based meat has been around for a long time and I discovered it was part of the Kellogg's anti masturbation campaign mm-hmm. back in the day, which if you're not aware it maybe you know more about this history, work special K, the cereal was created as like a puritanical anti-masturbation yeah. breakfast food or Kellogg, something. Kellogg was a huge anti-masturbation person and made bland cereal, um, specifically cornflakes, um, as well as uh, bran, or not bran, uh, what's the, not raisin bran, bran cereals, another yeah. thing. Uh, graham crackers are another thing. They like The theory was that if you give kids or people really bland food they will stop masturbating and stop desiring sex it's this weird victorian anti-sex shit (laughs) and apparently uh vegetable vegetable patties that mimicked meat were a part of that as well a lesser known part of it but like i think it's interesting to think back to like wow impossible burgers were (laughs) (laughs) anti-masturbatory devices or something but yeah, no spicy food. It will get you randy. <laughs> um. So those are our popular, unpopular opinions. Um. We have time for one more roll. Why not? Roll of the relay. That might be one of my other subjects. So let's see if it comes up. Oh, here's one. Hmm. Uh, the etiquette of Instagram DMs. The etiquette of Instagram DMs. Yeah. What so, about it? Well, so I guess I'll start with something that I realized um, in the last couple weeks that I wanted to address about my Instagram. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, about moderating my Instagram space. Um, is that I get, like, inordinately annoyed when people send me posts of things they think I would like. <laughs> Which I recognize sounds really batty, because um, that is how people connect and show love and appreciation and interest and friendship with each other on Instagram. And I know that that 
Um, it was always a benevolent thing to do, but I fucking hate it. <laughs> and I couldn't even tell you why. It just, it, it gives me the feeling like I, what I imagine, you know, people who have that strong aversion to hearing people chew where they uh. like want to stab you because they can hear you chewing. That's how I feel when I get an Instagram DM. I just feel so annoyed and I know it's irrational and I know there's nothing to be mad about, but it really bothers me. I mean, I get it, though, because if you look at it from the perspective of... Mm, I would say most of these people don't know you. And not that I know every single person. If it's sending, someone I know well, it doesn't pe- bother me. Yeah, that's what I'm much. saying. Yeah. Is It's mostly people that don't know you very well in person. It's and parasocial. It's, yeah, it's like they are taking this snapshot of who they think you are based on your... The limited, performance the online. limited, yeah. yeah, perspective of the performance of who you are online, which is like a tiny, tiny little fraction of who you are. Mm-hmm. And they're taking that and they're blowing it into a personality, like in their heads, and then they're like sending you stuff based on that, which it's is like sending me, yeah, like, yeah, which is yeah, not necessarily stuff you're actually interested in or that re- relates. Well, or to it's you like it's, it's like a veneer of it's it's just always very like surface level. Like yeah. it will be nails, which. Most of the time, it's not very good, like, nail art. <laughs> it's like, oh, they're really long. Mm. <laughs> Amazing. Like, it's not nail art that I personally find inspiring. And I also, I, I look at my own nail art. Like, I'm not really interested in what other people think I would think is cool about nails. I know what I like about nails. Yeah. I find it extremely annoying to be sent nail art. And then the other thing people will, will send is, like, a picture of a leaf on someone's breast or something like <laughs> someone's hand with like flower petals on it. And I'm like, yep, seen it. That exists. And it's just, it's just very super. <laughs> I can't, I, oh, I, and I know it's so dumb. Like I feel so People silly. People are just trying to connect. I know. It's all right. And it makes <laughs> me feel like such a, like a cruel little gremlin to be so annoyed <laughs> about it. But it's like, okay, at the end of the day, if these people are trying to connect, like, sh- should I, when they do that, be like, hey, I can see why you think I like that. I actually don't really enjoy being sent posts on Instagram. Like, should I respond? Or should I be like, let me, let's have a, let's have a heart to heart about this, like, I mean, mail I think, art you sent me. I feel like what you did is probably the best thing, because, you know, people, if it's someone that doesn't know you very well, they're probably going to take offense to that. Yeah. So, I think Genevieve, like, put in her bio, please don't send me videos you think I would no, like. No, po- posts you think po- I would. Yeah. <laughs> I think I changed it. Please don't D- DM me posts or something, yeah. just to be, like. Even if most people don't see it, maybe some will, and they yeah. will stop. And I don't even mean, like, don't message me. I like getting messages on Instagram. I like people, like, saying hi, unless it's someone I'm really, like, I don't know. It's, those can be weird, too. But, like, <laughs> I never post on there anymore, so I don't get as many, like, reaction uh, messages and stuff, because mm-hmm. I never post. But, yeah, I'm hoping, I it's... It's just silly. I just thought it was like a silly thought experiment and also like an interesting like people use it so differently. I know it's a bid to connect. I know it's benevolent. I know it's me and not them. It really is me and not them. But it's something I'm noticing about like the social media experience. How do you feel when people send you random things? Uh, I mean, it depends on what it is. I don't I don't feel like I get nearly as much as you seem to experience maybe but, not maybe i just experience it really like violently hating it and yeah. it might not even be that much i don't think that many that i don't think i really don't really get many things sent to me like every once in a while i would say mm. maybe maybe a couple times a month maybe i think i've also my brother recently started sending me videos but oh. that, that would be the most frequent one just videos or posts? Because for me, it's just posts. People oh. don't really send me videos. Uh, I think he usually sends videos. Sometimes yeah, because Reels just take it over. But, uh, yeah, I'd say... Not a problem. Huh? It's not a problem you face. Y- yeah, not too much. It's like maybe one every other month, every two months, something mm. like that. But I think I've trained a good part of people who used to do it by just not reacting. <laughs> like, I don't fave it. I don't say anything. And I'm just, yeah. I mean, I don't think that's terrible. Yeah. I didn't invite you into my DMs. A lot of people like sharing memes and shit like I that. Get it. But I get it. Yeah, it's, it's not, not for everybody. 
And that's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. I think, I think this is like a point, like it's like biscuit talk. I think it's really interesting when we all think we're on the same internet and we all experience the internet the same way, but that is not so. Mm-hmm. And we all experience it very differently, not just what we see, but like what we wish to see or how we wish to be interacted with. Yeah. So I like the idea of people being able to like have more, um, you know, ways of managing how they want to be interacted with. Because yeah, it really does like annoy me. It makes me feel like, ah, I get like anxious. I'm like, do I have to respond? Should I tell them I don't like it? <laughs> and that's just me. You know what I mean? That's a me thing. Um, but I like the idea that, yeah, if someone does go to my bio, they can be like, oh, she doesn't like that. It's nothing personal. She just doesn't, you know? Yeah. Um, and that everyone could have that. Or like, I love it. My love language is being sent a million pictures of nails all day. For someone, that might be the case. Yeah. Not everybody. What do you, how do you like, what, what are, what's your Instagram DM etiquette? I don't know. I guess mine is very specific. I don't. I don't feel like I. I don't get DM'd that often. I don't think. Yeah, and you said the other day people react to stories with likes more often now, yeah. instead of like reacts or messages. Which yeah, used to be that's, the case. that's been my experience. I think I noticed that too because after but... you said that, I I posted that video and I noticed it was just likes. Yeah, I think I think and one close that's a relatively me. new thing ish. So <clears throat> yeah, I think that's a little more common because you don't have to you don't like to do the reaction. You have to like go into the message thing. Oh, you can't just swipe up anymore. It used to be that you swiped up and the react came up. You oh, I don't. That. Maybe I've just never done it that way. I've oh. always hit the thing. Oh, but okay. this one, while you're watching the story, there's a little heart. Oh. So you don't have, it's just like, you do that, next story. I still, you can still do the react, um, though. I don't know, it's just not a way I've, that's, just like you're saying, everyone etiquette. does social media different yeah. ways. It's not a way I would, I would use the app. do to cause a reaction. <clears throat> yeah. Well, how do you like to use the Instagram DMs, listeners? Oh. <laughs> you thought I was asking you yeah. again? Uh, let us know. Like and subscribe. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any other ones you want to do? I or have do, a bunch do you of them. But I mean, I think we're good. Let me see what my other ones were. I mean, I do kind of have one I want to talk about. Okay, frog voice. Corn maze <laughs> slash pumpkin spice culture. No. Oh. <laughs> You don't want to talk about pumpkin spice culture? Uh, I don't know that much about it. It's it's not my thing. Can we talk about the pumpkin patch and how happy I was to be reunited with my kinfolk? The pumpkins. Were you? You didn't say much about that when we were there. I was in a spiritual place. I was oh. transcend- It was transcendent. We went to a corn maze and a pumpkin patch. And to me, that's part of pumpkin spice culture. I guess. Corn maze? The corn maze. Yeah, I think corn maze is pumpkin patch adjacent. It was across the street. Pumpkin patch adjacent, but... but Pumpkin spice culture is definitely still corn maze. No. Well, what is it? Pumpkin spice culture is pumpkin spice flavored everything. But can you see the pumpkin spice girlies going to the corn maze to do their, like, photo shoots? Because that, to me, is what I mean by the culture. It's like autumnal. It I mean, started in October. There's some cross pollination there, but I can see I corn maze. Well, corn maze is like a little. I wonder if the corn maze goes up through Thanksgiving. Like, is it a whole? You know, uh, the abundance of autumn harvest kind of vibe. In my corn- m- a cornucopiac. In my mind, no. Mm. It's it's more of like a scary. Thing. I feel like the corn mazes I've seen thing. before are more like adult corn mazes where they have oh. people who chase you. Yeah. Like the, you know, like haunted house style. Um, but the one, yeah, the one we went to was very tame. There was a lot of kids It was there. for children. It was cool to, to see the aerial view. It was like they plant the corn maze with like pictogram, like a pictograph map. Yeah. Which my friend said looked like the 
Natchez, what is it called? The Natchez lines? The, you know what I'm talking about? Na, na, uh, uh, they're not, not, now I'm fucking... Nazca. Nazca, yeah. The in Naz- the Atacama Desert. Yeah, that, that, that the pictographs almost look like that. In a way. Um, they're very, like, kind of rudimentary line drawings that represent different creatures and objects. Yeah, but these were, like cutesy like yeah, a like, tractor a tent it's like a boy a sitting on picnic a picnic table toilet. um so <laughs> not very mazy at all um no. i'd like to go to like a real like corn maze like, i'd like to go to one where maze. there's like a, a little a little fuck nook because <laughs> i was hoping to have sex in the corn maze it seems like something to do to check off the bucket list yeah. It was not possible. There were so many children. There was no, like, private nook anywhere. No nooks. I came prepared. I wore a schoolgirl skirt and everything. So I'm sorry you were let down. I was so let down. <laughs> but otherwise, it was really fun <laughs> to go to the pumpkin patch in the car maze. Uh, yeah, well, I guess that's it for pumpkin spice culture. Okay. <laughs> I, if you don't want to get into it, I totally respect that. I respect your DM privacy. Well, thanks. Let me get into the DM of your mind. Uh, get into that pumpkin culture. And there's not a pumpkin culture space in my mind, There's really. not. You don't, no. have, you don't have any gray matter dedicated? Not really. Not even for me? Sorry. You put pumpkin spice in my coffee sometimes for me. Yeah, that doesn't occupy any of my brain matter. It's just a spice we have in the wow. spice cabinet. Would you say your unpopular opinion is you are anti-pumpkin spice? I'm not anti-pumpkin spice. I'm anti-making a big deal about it. Yeah, well that's against the culture of pumpkin oh, spice. So I guess. I guess that makes you kind of... Oh. Kind of, anti, kind of an anti-spicer. No. A little bit. I love spices. <laughs> I'm anti-bland food. <laughs> You're anti-PSL. I'm into masturbation. Spicy food. I'm into Flip. masturbation. Flavorful food. <laughs> All Fuck right. Kellogg. Fuck Graham. True. <laughs> well, I guess we'll leave it at that. Thanks for listening to us, Dribble. And we'll talk to you next month. Bye. Thanks for listening to Cosmic Halitosis. If you have questions or comments or want to yell something at us, email us at cosmic with a K, halitosis, cosmichalitosis at gmail.com. Please subscribe and like the podcast. And you can follow us on our personal Instagram accounts. I am Gorgeous Taps, and Temba is Tembizzle, T E M B I Z Z L E. Thanks for listening. <laughs>